Hello, hello, and welcome to Growing with Kendall. My name is Kendall Motes, and I'm so excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. This week, I am back with another 50-state SAE. Woohoo! I gotta have some music in the back of there. But this week, it is Delaware, and I'm super excited. We have a senior SAE this week. I always love the seniors and hearing about their future plans after their high school experience and also hearing about that high school experience. But today, I'm here with Jacob Smith, and he is involved in diversified livestock production. And Jacob works with raised goats and pigeons. You heard me right, pigeons. This um, made me chuckle a little bit, but I don't know too much about this, but I'm so excited to be learning it along with you guys, and I will let Jacob introduce himself now. So, hello, Jacob. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Can you tell the people, as well as myself, about what you do with these goats and these pigeons? All right. So, I um, I raise and show registered myotonic goats, which are also known more commonly as fanning goats and boar goats, and then I also uh, raise and show and care for uh, fancy pigeons, so. Awesome, now what all goes into raising your goats? You said you have fainting goats, and did you say another kind of goat? Uh, yes, boar goats. Boar goats, okay, so you're fainting and gore boats, or boar goats, oh my goodness, tongue twister. <laughs> um, how, does it differ in the way that you have to care for them? Um, different things differ, like, um, different feeds uh, for each goat because um, different breeds obviously need different things to be able to uh, grow as, um, you know, effectively and cost effectively as possible um, and different medications as well. Like uh, my tonic goats are incredibly uh, parasite and disease resistant as opposed to poor goats who need a little bit more attention um, in that area there. Um, I, I spend a good two hours a day probably out um in the yard caring for the goats um they're probably my favorite thing in the world so i don't it, it doesn't bother me at all to do any of that <laughs> i i feed you know we we every spring and um fall you know clip their hooves you know trim them up and give them haircuts especially um, now that the weather's getting a lot warmer we want to get that winter cashmere off um and yeah just kind of have them and care for them and yeah. yeah. Okay. So you were saying that I forget which kind, and that is my bad, but a certain kind of goat is parasite and disease resistant. Um, was that the feigning goats? Yes. Um, why is that? So they were, um, the breed was originated in Marshall County, Tennessee. And because of it's um, a breed that's, you know, from the United States, they've been able to uh, generate some, um, disease and parasite resistance um, just from living here while boar goats are from South Africa. Um, you know, it's a lot more of a drier climate. You know, they're not going to be as resistant to worms and uh, that kind of thing when they're brought over here, especially in Delaware, us being on a peninsula, it's super wet um, all the time. So our, like my farm is only about a mile from the beach. Like you can see the coast um, line from my house. Oh, wow. From my, so, so having goats that are a lot more parasite and disease resistant is a lot more cost effective. Um, we do raise more myotonic goats than we do boar goats on our farm. Uh, the boar goats are mainly just for showing at the state fair and stuff like that. So, Gotcha. So you were saying that you show these boar goats at the state fair. What all goes into getting prepared for that show? And then once you're at the show, what do you have to do? Well, we, we start preparing for shows like at least three months in advance, um, you know, getting them out, 
because a lot of times our board goats are actually weaning their kids um, in, I think usually kid around January, so they're weaning their kids around uh, the 1st of March. So uh, we got to, we kind of got to pull them off their kids so we can get them into basically a feedlot system in a way um, where we can, you know, get them as, you know, plump and as fat as possible before we get them to the show, you know, finish them out, get them as full as possible. Um, and then take those kids that we have and get them in, um, we have, we have to put them in separate pens as well because we were, um, raised those and we show in market classes as well for those. And then that's kind of like leading up to the show, doing that, doing hoof work, you know, making sure everybody is, you know, as good as they can be. And then the week of the show is probably the most stressful week of my entire year. So, <laughs> um, and that's just a lot of preparing, you know, we're, we're clipping uh, the goats, fitting them up for show, um, you know, we're doing obviously beforehand. I'm, I mean, I'm out there walking them and algebraing them all the time to get them ready for show show classes and things like that. Uh, just yeah, just getting all our stuff ready and together and loaded up in the trailer and get there and so we can set it up as quickly and as efficiently as possible and have a good show. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're saying that that's like the most stressful week of your life. Um, for me personally, I mean. I th I this is an awful comparison, I think, but we just had our banquet this past week. It was just last night, and oh my gosh, let me tell you, this week was crazy. It was probably the most stressful week of my life. I have never, like, prepared. Like, it was our whole officer team and our two advisors, and we prepared this whole banquet. It was crazy, but I definitely can attest to, like, get like loading everything up into the car and then taking it over to the banquet hall and getting it all set up. I mean, teardown was pretty easy. That was pretty good. But yeah, yeah teardown, it's definitely rewarding too after you're done and it's like, yes, let paid off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, FFA week, you know, the week of banquet and then our, our state fair week is probably our most stressful times of the year, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, FFA definitely definitely keeps you busy, keeps you on your toes a lot. Sure does. Um, have you been, this is kind of off topic, now we're not talking about your SAE, but have you been <laughs> on an officer team? I have. So I served, um, my seventh grade year, I was the vice president of our middle school chapter. Then my eighth grade year, I was the president of our middle school chapter. And then moving up to high school, sophomore year, I was the treasurer of our FFA chapter. And then last year, my junior year, I was the president of the chapter. Wow, very proud of you. Congrats. That is awesome. What was your favorite part about being in the FFA office, whether it was in middle school or in high school? Uh, I'd say my absolute favorite part is the interactions and connections I've been able to make with, you know, um, ag leaders in the community. I, you know, I can walk into a tractor supply, our local tractor supply, and tractor manager is there greeting me at the door. He knows my name. He knows my dad. You know, we've been able to make all these connections with other um, people in the community, and it's actually really helped out, you know. So, like, going out and asking, you know, when we need donations for that kind of stuff, and, you know, it's it's been great to get to know all these people and you know they know me too now so as i because i do want to pursue um a career in animal sciences so as i get out of high school and into the community i've already made and developed some of those connections with other people and so that's i think been really rewarding and really helpful yeah for sure um the connections that you make with at ffa are awesome and like even this right now like this connection that i have all the way in delaware and i haven't even met you but like just yeah. this like like 20 minute podcast or like the 10 minute like pre-interview you know 
I we're like we're besties now, like we're buds, you know. So and I already know so much about like your SA and your FFA experience. I think it's so cool. And obviously, I mean, I hope to meet everybody that I interview with. I think that would be awesome. That would be cool. FFA does allow people to have so many cool connections, and like even going to like state convention that we're going to be having in a month. Like I'll be able to meet so many different people from different chapters. Super exciting, and it's just super rewarding too to know like I'm in this super cool club and. I get to do all these fun activities and compete in all these events and then win at the events, go to a next level, meet more people, experience new opportunities. It's awesome. FFA just yeah, keeps going and meet, going. Yeah, I've been able to meet so many people across the country through FFA, like as a CDE competitions and everything like that, you know, conferences and, mm-hmm. and what. Yes. So now we're talking, I want to ask you about your future plans in college. You were talking about animal science, but I do want to talk about these pigeons. This is Okay. I'm I'm really curious about the pigeons. You were yep. saying that you're part of a club or something. Can you elaborate on that, please? Yeah. So I am a uh, well, I'm I guess I'm now a senior member because I I just turned 18 not too long ago. So I'm a senior member of the Delmarva Pigeon Club and Fanciers Association. Interesting. Can you tell me what all you guys do? So um, our club meets once a month, and uh, we. We basically, it's a pigeon club. It's a bunch of guys who, and girls, who all liked, you know, raising and having and pigeons, you know? So we, I have about, there's, we've got about probably 400 pigeons on the farm. Oh my gosh. And now is this farm on your, like, where your house is or is this somewhere else? uh, It's where my house is. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've got about 400 uh, pigeons uh, where my house is and about... 75 of them are mine that I personally bought, raised, and own. Oh, wow. The, the rest are either my dad or my brother's. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to think about how to say this. So it's the pigeons I raise are not like typical pigeons. They're not the pigeons you see in New York on the sides of the street. They're see, not like that. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like these big, like fat pigeons that always want like your hot dog when you walk through like New York or Philly or something. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. not that. <laughs> No, no, they're not your regular pigeons. So there's over 400 different breeds of pigeons in oh the world. Gosh. And that's only recognized in the United States. So there's so many breeds, you know, outside of the United States, too, that just have not been recognized within the United States and uh, through the Pigeon Fancers Association. The, we, have, we have about 10 breeds on the farm right now. Um, and uh, my biggest bird probably is the size of a small chicken like what is that normal for them to be that big yeah so i have a uh, texas pioneer pigeons which are a squabbing breed so i don't know if you've ever been to um some fancy restaurants carry like squab on the menu I've, I've never heard of that that's interesting yeah it's actually um baby pigeon so that's kind of oh so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it, it's actually a foreign delicacy like a lot of people really really enjoy it um, well i just sorry to interrupt you but i just found out this good. week that people eat guinea pigs in other countries i had no yeah. idea and like they get massive like that's kind of weird like with pigeons like they get as big as a chicken like these guinea pigs get as big as like a like a small cat i don't know yeah. this is crazy anyways keep going about these yeah. pigeons so so my texas pioneer they're actually so they're considered a squabbing breed so they're squabs they're a, a much larger breed so their squabs are larger so that way um you kind of get more bang for your buck when they hatch them out. The We don't personally sell them um, as squabs, you know, to be eaten. We raise all of ours up. The 
Um, and then my smallest pigeon is probably would fit in the size of my hand, my, the palm of my hand. It's almost the size of a dove. It, it just depends on the breed and people breed for di- different things. So like you have your powder pigeons, like English powders and pygmy powders that are, um, and your powders and croppers is another group. So that's pigeons that will blow air into their neck to make it massive Oh, in order to attract a mate. Interesting. Um, you were saying this is, this is a lot. Oh my gosh. This is, yeah. I, I never like knew about this and you were saying when you like raise them up. So why, why do you have these pigeons? Like what is the end goal? So we, we buy and sell and trade, you know, with other people in the club. Um, it's really more about preserving the hobby because me and my brother are only, are the only, well, not me anymore, but me and my brother were the only junior members in our club. So everyone else in there, the majority of people in there are 65 plus years old. And there's just not a lot of people getting into it anymore. So preserving the, you know, the hobby and the, um, and just having fun with it, you know, loving the birds, it's, that's kind of what it's about. It's not necessarily for me so much about the money as it is just a hobby and something I really enjoy and love to do. And my dad's been doing it since he was um, like 12. I've, I've been doing it since I knew what a pigeon was. So Interesting. So I was about to ask you what got you into doing this, but I'm assuming your dad. So what yeah. got your dad into doing this? Do you know, like, what was, like, the grasping factor of, like, taking care of these pigeons? Yeah, so my dad actually had went to a pigeon show when he was a kid. And they, the guys there actually gave him birds just for free, just handed them out to him. And, oh. you know, you were like, hey, try raising them. And so... My dad kind of got started with it when he was real young, and then he got my uncle into it, and then, um, yeah, and so now me and my brother are into it, and my cousin has pigeons, my uncle's son, and so, you know, we're just, you know, raising away. Oh, wow. This is this is really cool. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine, like, an essay project or, like, submitting this for a proficiency award and someone reading it and being like, oh, pigeons. Like, that would be <laughs> awesome. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I get a lot of questions about it, so, you know, fire away. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um what all goes into like taking care of these pigeons? I asked you about like your goats and what almost like a day in the life is. How do you care for your pigeons? So, um, you know, just making sure that they have enough feed and water, clean water all the time because uh, they are birds, so they do like to bathe. Um, so we have, um, well, I have waterers and then I have bathing stations for them as well. Um, and then um, I, I like to clean out my loft once a week just because, you know, pigeon, pigeon poop, it's kind of like, the thing, you know, like New York is hated and everything. So it's like, <laughs> got to take care of it. So I, I clean out um, those all the time. We're right in the middle of, you know, breeding season, you know, season. Um, so th- I have to, you know, make sure, you know, make sure the loft is as clean as possible because I don't want any squabs, you know, developing any sort of illness or anything like that. Yeah. I have to. Um, so when the squabs are, um, about a week old, we actually have to band them. So that we have, um, little, uh, tiny bands that go on their ankle when they're little, and then they just grow into them and they never fall off the, um, and that is, that has identification numbers on it. Um, it says Delmarva Pigeon Club on the band and yeah. the birth. Gotcha. Wow. This is, 
this is again this is a lot oh my goodness i yeah. i just didn't know that taking care of pigeons was this serious is it like any more serious anywhere else or is this like a big thing in delaware i don't know i've never heard of it Oh, we have a we have a pretty uh, good group of us doing it in Delaware right now. Um, it is a thing across the country. You'd be surprised. Um, we, the national show, the National Young Bird Show, is in Louisville, Kentucky, and they have. I, I think last year they had close to eight thousand birds. Oh wow! Yeah, there's it, it's, it's it's pretty big. There's um a big show in Pennsylvania as well. Isn't that where you're from? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so um, in Lancaster, we have the Redding Redding Pigeon Show. What? No way! I'm from I'm from Lancaster. I live in New Holland, which is like 15 minutes away from Lancaster. Oh, I, I've been to New Holland. Yeah, you're not far from there at all. Oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, I have a big pigeon show up there all the time. <laughs> what the know. heck? Oh my gosh, that is crazy! And like, I didn't even know that. And I'm like, what is pigeons? Like, what is this? Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> I gotta I gotta look into this. Maybe I'll get 400 pigeons now. I don't okay. know. Just, just a light hobby, just something yeah, else to add to the plate. It'll grow, it'll grow. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, like my goats, my goats, I started with three, so. Oh, and how many goats do you have now? <sighs> On the farm, we have about 65 head. Oh my gosh. At the moment. Oh. And that's, that's including babies and everything too. So uh, we're, we're running about 35 adults at the moment, um, and most of them are myotonics, and we've got about six more goats left at, at the moment. Oh, wow, oh my goodness. So you got pigeons and goats. This is, I really like, like pigeons and goats. It just sounds like it fits. It's like yeah. Oreos and milk, it just fits. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how I'm taking it. Yeah, so, well we have a lot more animals too. Like, so I have chickens, and we raise and show fancy poultry as well, and then I also raise and show rabbits, but um, I didn't, um, have enough time before the deadline this year to get those all into my diversified livestock proficiency, like into the AET. So um, we just went with pigeons to goats this year. Oh my gosh. What? Not triple threat. I don't know what four is. I probably should know that. <laughs> um, anyways, you are very, what? Diversified. That's perfect. Diversified <laughs> livestock production. Very diversified. You were saying that you're going to college for animal science. Yes. Where are you going? What are your career goals for after college then? All right. So I'm still semi undecided. Okay. <laughs> I know I want to go into animal sciences. I just don't know what part yet. Okay. So I am attending uh, Delaware Technical Community College here in Delaware um, because they offer the C program, which is a free basically two years of college and associate's degree. And um, if you're um, a resident of the state, so um, cost effective, you know, it's the most cost efficient thing for me to do at the moment, especially not knowing where I want to go in animal science. Yeah. Um, it's this kind of the reason why I chose Delaware Tech. And then they just opened a veterinary technology program. So, um, I am hoping to be admitted into that program, and then that way I will be able to have issues to veterinary technology and be a certified veterinary technician after my first two years of college. That is awesome. Big goals. I love it. What yeah. are you hoping, like, for your job to be then after? Do you want to be, like, a vet, or what does that look like for you? Do you have a couple? I I'm willing to hear a couple because, I mean, I have a couple too, so. Okay. So I would – I'd love – to be a large animal veterinarian um, or 
um, after seeing, you know, Ms. Wan, my advisor and everything and all that they do here, I, I wouldn't mind being an animal science teacher. Oh, an animal, I, an animal science teacher. I don't, I mean, we teach, our teachers teach a lot of stuff here in the ag program, but like, would it just be specifically animal science or would that just yeah. be a class? Oh, so right now, so at our school, we have uh, three pathways or four pathways. I'm sorry. Um, we have animal science, food products and processing systems um, and plant science. And then um, the, you know, the wood shop, that kind of thing, the, Gotcha. Work, you know, now, is that go. a different teacher for each of those pathways, or is it the same? Uh, so my advisor, Ms. Walton, teaches um, right now. She's teaching the shop classes as well as the animal science classes. And then Miss Ivory is teaching food and plant sciences. And then we have um, a long-term sub right now, Ms. Lardner, um, because our previous advisor just um, just left to take a job with um, the state. So. Oh, wow. He's kind of filling in with um, the animal one and two classes and helping us along out with that. Oh, interesting. And that's that's super cool that you want to be in, what, a ag, like, animal teacher? No, that's not. Animal science teacher. Animal science teacher, Yes, yeah. there we go. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm right there, but, you know. Yeah. And then that way it would give me a chance to be an FFA advisor as well. So that'd be cool, a full loop. Yeah, and then you, yeah, back in your roots. Yeah, I was just talking to a state officer last night, and they were like, yeah, it would be super cool to, like, like if it was just like an F, like I, I could not see myself being a teacher, but being like just an FFA advisor, that would be awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I was talking to someone else about that last night too. About it's a full-time job in and of itself. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, really. Thank you so much for talking to me today. This um, was super cool learning about the pigeons and the goats. I did not know about much of this. I mean, I'm going to have to look into this pigeon show that's in yeah. Lancaster because I, I'm, I'm going to need to get pigeons now. I think that's my calling. Um, yeah, of course. We'll, yeah, we'll, once we'll, my parents and my advisors listen to this podcast, they're going to be like, what is going on? But no, I think pigeons is really the calling. Uh, they're pretty fun. They're yeah. pretty fun. They sound Don't, super cool. And like chicken-sized pigeons, that's awesome. Who wouldn't want that? Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I had a super fun time talking to Jacob, and I hope you enjoyed it. I will talk to you all in two weeks with the next date.